Hello, moms and dads. This is for the parents. If you want more stories for your children, you can visit my website, our website, MusarStories.com. And there's also donation opportunities to keep our stories coming. Now, here is a story for Parshas Emor. Parshas Emor deals with laws of Kohanim and disqualifications that if they get a blemish, then they're disqualified to be um, Kohanim in the Beis HaMikdash. So now I'm about to begin a story which is a long story called Yosala Balmum. Once upon a time, there was a special baby boy that was born. It happened in the town of Tzipiri in Eretz Yisrael. This story takes place 2,000 years ago when the Beis HaMikdash was still standing. A lot of kids ask, Rebbe, is it true? Well, this story could have happened. It might have happened, but it comes from my imagination. It comes from what I learned in Parshas Emor. Well, this baby appeared to be glowing a holy glow. The baby was born at a home to a family of Kohanim, a prestigious family descending directly from Aaron Kohen. The parents were humble and God-fearing. They were excited to finally have a baby boy after having six girls. You see, kids, when it comes to Kohanim, the main ones who have the extra Kedusha are the males. Girls do have some eating privileges. They can eat truma and certain carbonos, but girls can't duchan, and they can't do the special avoida in the Beis HaMikdash. But this baby, yes, when he grows up, he will follow the family line of Kohanim, just like his father and his father's father and his father's father's father and his father's 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 father, all the way back to Aaron Kohen. This boy will take his turn in the Beis HaMikdash to serve Hashem his food. That's the Karbanos. But meanwhile, the family needed to prepare for a bris. The moil came to check the baby, to see that the baby boy was healthy and ready. When the moil walked into the room where the baby was, he saw a light shining from the baby's face. Wow, said the moil, this is no ordinary child. And then the moil checked, and he was amazed to find that the baby didn't need a brismila. He said, Look, this boy is mohul already. Kids, the way that Hashem created baby boys is that there is an extra piece of skin on the baby's private parts. One of the mitzvahs that the moil does at the bris is that he removes that extra skin. That skin is called an orla, and it's bad. It blocks a yid from learning Torah, and the orla blocks a yid from serving Hashem properly. If the baby is mohul already, it means that the baby wasn't born with the extra orla skin. This boy is nice and already. Hashem prepared him. He's geared for action. Actions of Torah and mitzvahs. The Moyle told the parents, You are going to have a very special child. Guard him as much as you can to keep him pure and holy. Kids, but what about the mitzvah of brismila? If there's no extra orla skin to remove, how can the father get the mitzvah? The answer is, there is still something the moil can do. 
It's called Hatofas Dam Biris. Prick the baby in the place where the orla skin should usually grow. When you prick it, a drop of blood drops out, comes out. That's called Hatofas Dam. What does the word Dam mean? Blood. Hatofas from the word Tipa. Drop of blood of the bris. That blood is bris blood. The baby cries. Now when the baby cries at a bris, heat comes out of his mouth. That's true whenever someone cries. Hashem looks down at his yidin performing the mitzvah. He looks down at everyone there at the bris. And Hashem is so happy. He considers that baby's hot breath like Keturah's smoke in the Beis Amikdash. That's Simcha smoke. And the legs of the Sandek. Sandek is the man that holds the baby on his lap. His legs are like the golden Mizbeach. Anyways, this special baby boy had Hatofas Dambris and his father named him Yosef. But after a while, everyone called him Yosela. Yosela's mother knitted him a kippah with strings that tie down around his chin. It didn't fall off that way. But one morning, she found that the string came untied. But Yasala was still wearing his yarmulke. His little baby hand was holding it down on his head while he was sleeping. And how do you put an infant down to sleep? Some doctors say on its belly. And some doctors say that it's safer to put the baby on its back. Well, it didn't matter for Yasala, because no matter what position his mother put him down in, Yasala always turned on his side. It was so cute. But why? Can anyone guess why that would happen? Why would Yasala always roll onto his side? That's the way he slept for the rest of his life. And the reason is that that's the way that a tzaddik sleeps. A man is not allowed to sleep flat on his back, nor flat on his stomach. The Gemara calls it prakdon. So Yasala's little neshama knew it, and automatically he turned onto his side. I talk more about this in my upcoming production of the Wunderbar. Anyways, Yasala grew older. When he realized what it means that he was a Kohen, he asked his father to teach him the extra laws of a Kohen. Yasala understood quickly how to learn Torah, and his favorite subject became Sefer Vayikra. Does anyone know another name for Sefer Vayikra? Torah's Kohanim, the instruction of Kohanim. When Yasala first learned about the bird Karbanos, he was only five years old. He wanted to practice Malika. That's when the Kohen stabs the head of the bird at the back of the neck with his thumbnail. So Yasala began to grow his thumbnail. From then on, Yasala had a long and sharp thumbnail. To be ready for the first time, he would be able to perform a real malika in the Beis HaMikdash. Now kids, a child Kohen can't do any avoida in the Beis HaMikdash. He must wait until he's bar mitzvah. Otherwise, the avoida is disqualified. It's not kosher unless an adult Kohen does it. As a child, Yosala loved being a Kohen. 
he would learn as much as he could about the laws of Karbanos. And then he would take walks around the nearby farms in Tsipairi, reviewing the halachos and imagining performing all of the avoidah. He told his parents, I love Hashem. I love that I'm a Kohen. I love that I'm a great-grandchild of Aaron Kohen. I can't wait till I'm a bar mitzvah so I can go do the avoidah in the Beis HaMikdosh. Yosela's father told him, Uh, Yosela, you won't be able to do the avoidah when you are a bar mitzvah. Huh? I have a calendar, and I've been counting down the days. There are less than 400 days to go until my bar mitzvah. Yosela's father explained, It's not that you aren't kosher to do the avoidah at bar mitzvah, Yosela. It's just that we have a minhag, we have a custom, not to let any teenagers do the avoidah. But I'll tell you what, you can begin to duchen on your own when you are a bar mitzvah, so still keep up your calendar counting. Kids, do you know what duchening is? There is a mitzvah in the Torah for kohanim to bench us in shul and in the Beis HaMikdosh every day. The kohanim wash their hands, they take off their shoes and step up onto a platform. They lift up their arms and they spread their fingers and they give the bracha. In most places in Kutzala Oretz, they only do it on Yom Tov. Anyways, Yasala looked disappointed, but he did not argue, nor did he complain. I accept what you say, Father. It's just that I really want to be Oved Hashem. I want to work for Hashem. I want to perform all of the coin mitzvos that I have been learning about already. I'll guess I have to say Gamzu Latoiva. Let me sing it. Gamzu Latoiva. Gamzu Latoiva. Gamzu Latoiva. Gamzu Latoiva. Yasulah's father was impressed. You're going to be a big tzaddik, Yasala. You know the truth? Yearning to do a mitzvah is greater than the mitzvah itself. Remember that. You won't always be able to perform mitzvahs for Hashem, Yasala. But if you yearn and desire to do it, you want to do Hashem's service all the time, it brings him great nachas. Anyways, time went on. By the time it was Yasala's bar mitzvah, he was an expert in the laws of Karbanos and of Tumah and of Tahara. He was tested on all of Kachim and Taharos by the Sanhedrin of Tsipuri. That's the great Rabbonim of Tsipuri. They tested him and he passed. Ooh, and let me tell you a quick example of Yosela's Yiras Shamayim. One Shabbos afternoon, Yosela was late in coming home from his Tehillim club. His mother went out looking for him. Yasala, Yasala, has anybody seen Yasala? One of Yasala's friends said, Yes, I saw him. He's stuck up on a tree stump by the entrance of Ben-Hur's farm. He says it's Asur for him to come down. Oh, really? Yasala's mother went to call her husband and told him where Yasala was stuck. Abba, is it true that a person who climbs a tree 
on Shabbos is not allowed to come down? Let's go see, said Yosela's father. And when they arrived at Ben-Hur's farm, there was Yosela standing on the stump of a newly cut down tree. What happened, Yosela? His parents asked. Yosela was so upset that he did an Avera. I knew you aren't allowed to climb a tree on Shabbos, but I didn't realize that it applies to a tree stump as well, until my friend Hillel pointed it out. Then I remembered that if you climb a tree, you get a penalty. You aren't allowed to come down. Abba, isn't it true? Yosela's father explained, It's true that you aren't allowed to step onto a living stump that's above three tefachim from the ground. But Yasala, you can jump down. The penalty is that you aren't allowed to use the tree branches to help yourself down. Jump off the stump. You aren't using any tree branches for that. Besides, the penalty is only when you climb the tree knowing that it is not allowed. You climbed the stump by mistake. Yasala jumped down. Yay! But I don't understand, Abba. Who would ever climb a tree on purpose on Shabbos? It's Aser. So children, that's the story. You see Yiras Shamayim? Yasala wasn't sure that he was allowed off the stump. He was afraid to risk even maybe doing an Avera. That's the end of this part of the story. Himyitz Hashem next week will have the sequel to Yasala Balmum.